Good day, and welcome to episode 37 of the Aaron Wayne Podcast. I'll tell you this here, now these intros have been too doggone long, so I'm not going to do anything else here. Follow, subscribe, link it back, share it with a friend, do whatever. Here we go. All these new, I just downloaded, I don't know if you've ever done this, but whenever your software tries to update on your MacBook and you just keep delaying and delaying and delaying and delaying, and then you let it happen. First of all, this MacBook's from 2015 or 16, so I was under the impression that if I downloaded the new software, it would just explode. In fact, it took like 30 minutes for it to do the new software update. Now everything looks different. Like if I had been gradually going my way through the software updates, it probably would have been more copacetic. Speaking of copacetic, my uh, wife saw the thumbnail for my last podcast that I did. And she's like, why are you wearing sunglasses? And I was like, listen, future is too bright. Got to wear shades. You know what I'm talking about. I wear my sunglasses at night. I don't know the rest of that song. I don't even know who wrote that song. Could have been from the 80s. Sounds like an 80s song. So, uh, yeah. And uh, on top of that, my battery's about to die on my phone. It's not my phone. It's my camera. It's about to die. I wear the sunglasses because I realized that the lighting in my podcast looks terrible. So I have a light. Now I got a light. You remember from last week, I didn't put the paper towel over the light because I didn't want to start a fire. Last week on my podcast, got a lamp, put a light bulb in it, turned that joker on, and then it was too bright. It's a hard light, a harsh light. So I put a paper towel over it, and now I just don't want my house to catch on fire. So yes, that's what's going on. That's why I'm wearing my sunglasses. Hope you're okay with it. First week of school just happened. Just wrapped up the... First week of school last Friday, today's Monday. I was talking to a friend, man, and I think that the school system is poised for a revolutionary school year this year because everybody lost track on pacing their academic achievement last year. Like The whole concert of kids, all range of levels of abilities and competencies, everybody dropped a little bit. And we learned how to teach in a brand new way. Students learn how to learn in a brand new way. And they are thirsty for some education this year. They're coming in hot, man. They're coming in ready. They're coming in to learn. And the teachers are reinvigorated from having had such a crazy year last year that I think this year is poised to be a revolutionary year for for education. We're thinking differently. We're forced to think differently. I've been advocating for years that like the way we're doing this educational thing see ken robinson just youtube sir ken robinson and check out some of his stuff he is like a total boss and the education system has been ready for things to change because it's been run in the same way for a century like here here's all the things i'm gonna teach you now i'm gonna test you on it and it's just like that's not the way the future is like we we're not necessarily even educating people that shouldn't be our goal is to give people facts and, and, and ideas. It should be, here's a toolkit of how to approach the world because we have no idea what it's going to look like in 50 years, let alone 10. I mean, the iPhone was invented in 2007. I was just reading an article last night 
in a book or a, a chapter in a book um, called Think, uh, it's like Think Again or, or Rethink. I think it's called Think Again. And it's this guy who's just uh, examining how sitting down and re-examining all of the things that you've assumed is a useful practice. And specifically back to the iPhone, the guy who came up with the BlackBerry, I mean, think about it. When Obama was in office, he had a BlackBerry and he was just roaming around and just like always texting on his BlackBerry and Bill Gates and all these cats. It's just like BlackBerry. Like this is the thing. We got a keyboard, we can do email. And then 2007, the iPhone comes out. Like nobody saw that coming. In fact, the guy who was the CEO and uh, I guess he was the CTO as well, um, chief technical officer of BlackBerry was like, we're not, nobody's going to be touching screens to type we don't need a web browser. We don't need a computer in our pocket. People just want to be able to contact each other via messages and emails, and they want to do it in an efficient manner with a keyboard. Your boy was wrong. He didn't get it. Do you know anybody that owns a BlackBerry? They keep trying. Hey, good on you, BlackBerry. They keep trying to make it work. It's not going to work, man. And that's what education has to adapt to. Like it is impossible to know what 10 years from now will look like because 14 years ago, the iPhone was invented and then social media came right along with it. And now everybody is (laughs) now everybody's anxious and posting pictures of like themselves at the beach and a, a different pasta recipe that they tried out from Pinterest. It's like, this is, this is a whole new world, man. A whole new world. I wonder if that showed, I wonder if that sounded good. I don't think I've ever recorded myself singing. Scratch that. I have recorded myself singing in high school, playing the guitar. Maybe it was college. I went through a phase where I think it, hey, shouts out to the iPhone. Shouts out to the iPhone because I think that I was doing that like on an iPhone in college recording videos of myself playing the guitar and singing songs. Those exist somewhere. The internet doesn't disappear. It's somewhere. Go to my MySpace page. Aaron's MySpace page. That is a cesspool of angsty teen destined for greatness. I remember I put that at my... This is embarrassing. Should I share this? Back in the day, depending on if you're my age, older, or younger, a refresher, AOL Instant Messenger was the thing that my generation used before text messaging was the thing. We would sit at our computers, desktops, like fire these jokers up, using a telephone line, like that sort of like, telephone line that if you're messaging your friends on aim that's what we called it and your mom picked up the phone it just like trashed your conversation you couldn't do it you couldn't have a phone and computer at the same time this feels like i'm really old these sorts of relics it makes me feel really old and on aol instant messenger you could put a little profile in there with you know archaic emojis and so on and song lyrics from ubistank or Hoobastank. Look them up. Hoobastank. That was a great band. And I remember putting in my AOL Instant Messenger bio. I don't even remember what my... Oh, I remember what my, my login was. It was Ronster Monster. Because my dad used to call me uh, 
Ronster Monster. That was like a thing growing up. Um, I think it was. I know my dad listens to the podcast, which is cool. Um, yeah, dad, if I listen, if you called me Ronster Monster, just call me. Cause I think, I think that you, I don't know, whatever. That was my AOL instant messenger thing. And I also put in destined for greatness in my thing. I was an egomaniac from the beginning. Have a sip of coffee, not sponsored by Panera bread. Mm. Delicious. I drink way too much coffee. I was talking to Katie yesterday about it and she was like kind of thinking about how much coffee she drinks. Like I probably drink this much. And I was like, I drink at least two quarts of coffee a day. A 16-ouncer in the morning, a 32-ouncer while I'm at work, and then one of these bad boys, which is probably 16 ounces. That's, that's 64 ounces or half a gallon, depending on how you want to look at it. Two quarts, two liters roughly. Quarts and liters are slightly off. I don't know which one's bigger or which one's smaller, but I I drink too much coffee. I think that that's a fact. I think we can all sit here and agree you probably drink too much coffee too. Some of my students drink coffee. It's so crazy. I, I wonder if that was, I don't think that was part of the culture when I was a kid in middle school or high school. I didn't start drinking coffee until I took physics in college and goodness, did I need to take a bunch of coffee when I was taking physics in college, but I liked that class. It was cool. Why was I taking physics? I was an English major because I wanted to show off because I wanted to be in class. I want to show off. I could have taken like math 14 I bet you they have math classes like that. I took business calculus in college and I could not understand the teacher at all. Her accent was so deep and she was like in her early twenties. So she was definitely a teaching assistant. So she was like a graduate student. I could not understand a word she was saying at all. Instead of negative, she, she would say nap two, like nap two. She would like say nap two seven. And I was like, what is she saying? It took two class periods two, like two days, like the whole first like syllabus week for me to figure out what the heck she was trying to say. And I was like, look, what's the attendance policy? I didn't say this to her. I was, a, I was a gentleman, but I looked at the syllabus and I was like, what's the attendance policy? Oh, there isn't one. Well, I'm not going. And I taught myself business calculus on YouTube. How much did it stick? None of it. I still don't quite know what calculus is. It has something to do with F parentheses N parentheses equals. So there you go. But, you know, I listened to this guy, uh, Scott Galloway, who's a NYU professor. He has a podcast called Prof G show. Great guy, really interesting. And he teaches at NYU and he says like, this is a function of that. And so he's using mathematic language in order to articulate, um, you know, different principles and ideas. And it had me thinking while listening to that, that, math like thinking mathematically is a really useful tool and i wish that i had learned business calculus because calculus is calculus is just in a reference to business and i still have to put in like if i'm you know looking at um you know loans and different financial instruments like my investments and stuff i'm like wait what is apy what is apr how does this calculate and instead of figuring it out i just google apy calculator and then I put in the time. So do I need to know calculus? No, I don't. Do I want to know calculus? No, still don't. Would it be beneficial for me? Probably not. What is, what is calculus? Why are, we, why are we doing this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, man. We're out here doing it. Gonna go on a W. I can't say walk loud enough because my dog's been sitting inside. I I took to use them to use a restroom, but my lady will be here in about half an hour, and we're gonna go on a W because we've been so busy, man. Like you get so busy at the beginning of the school year as a teacher that uh, we haven't really been hanging out or talking. And so we just sort of like bicker at each other as we walk past one another. Like, why didn't you do this? Or like, Hey, I thought you, I asked you like, were you going to help me out with this? Or, and we, we both just have our projects around the house, little things we're doing. And uh, so we just haven't been communicating really well. So we're going to prioritize going on a W because that's just like solid time. No distractions. Just maybe, you know, just have a conversation. Not like there's something wrong like our relationships thriving doing great but um just haven't had enough time to connect so there's a note to you guys any of you out there got a partner you got to connect with them you got to plan something out you just got to do something and a w is good a little walk dude i did a exercise routine yesterday my fitness is game is lacking it's like my fitness is way behind where it was before the beginning of the summer i did a workout yesterday on the back porch i I planned it out. It was 10 by 10 by 10. So 10 sets of 10 reps, 10 different movements, like a little kettlebell stuff, some body weight stuff. And I got three sets in and I was like, I'm going to die. This is like 24 minutes, like 18 minutes. This is like crazy. And then I did the third set or fourth set, whichever one the next one was. I don't remember. I'm like Joe Bidening out here. Like I got three things that I need to tell you about. Um, and so I get, handful of sets in and I'm like, I'm going to die. And then Katie comes out and I'm just like panting and sweat, just sweating, like sweating, like, like, uh, like a lobster. Do lobsters sweat? No, don't be silly. Lobsters don't know how to sweat. Maybe you could teach one, but I get halfway through this and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do 10 sets. It's like 45 minutes of high intensity interval training. I can't do that. I can't do it. I'm not LeBron James. Though I could teach him a thing or two. Call me LeBron. I don't even know if LeBron J still plays basketball. Is he still playing basketball? I'm so out of the loop on this. I try to relate with some of my students about sports. And I played sports. I was active in sports. I still like to play, like, pickup stuff when I get the chance. But I have no idea what's happening in the world of sports. So LeBron James, quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, is uh, is he still playing all sports dude sports are so stupid <laughs> you really take the time to look at it it's so stupid but really important for people to develop their potential but it's professional sports i just don't understand professional sports i don't understand people who watch sports that never played sports i have friends that watch football and they're super enthusiastic about it but they never played football like how can you the only reason that you would want to watch a the only reason that I can articulate in my mind why you would watch any sport is because you understand what it's like to play that sport. It's such a strange form of entertainment. I don't know. Should we be should we ban all sports? Hashtag ban sports. It seems like a distraction. I don't know. Last podcast, I intentionally tried to be silly. The podcast that I'm posting on Thursday is uh, less silly. There's some giggles in there, but it's a podcast with my buddy Ryan. I'm trying to line up another podcast with uh, this guy that I used to work with. 
Uh, just can't seem to make it happen. So stay tuned for that. But the one coming out on Thursday is like an hour long talking about education, talking about equity, talking about a bunch of stuff. Um, and then the last one I just did was super silly. And this one is just like, I have no notes. I'm just here. I'm staring into this light and trying not to burn my retinas by wearing sunglasses. So here we are doing it. Yes. 15 minutes in and I'm out of things to talk about. Fantastic. Got a bobblehead here. What do you think about that? Biden pulled out of Afghanistan. What are your thoughts? Have you seen any of these videos of these Taliban guys in the president's office? I get an alert. I'm teaching. I get an alert on New York Times on my Apple Watch because I'm a fancy guy. I have an Apple Watch. Okay. Just, okay. I get an alert from New York Times and I read the New York Times. Don't act like you're not impressed. I actually don't read it. I just read the headlines that come through on my watch. And it says, the president of Afghanistan has fleed the country. What? That's a bad sign. That's definitely going to be a bad sign. It's not good, man. I don't know. I don't know enough about foreign affairs to be able to have an informed opinion, but I can tell you that that is not a good sign. The president's like, you know what? I'm going to leave now. It's getting a little too... It's getting a little too much like I'm not the president. Is he even the president? You, If you flee your own country, are you still the president? I don't think so. <laughs> it's like um on 9-11, which is about to have its 20th... Do you say anniversary for... a? Tragic event. I don't know. 20 years ago in a couple weeks is uh, the 20th. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. What a terrible event that was. But um, (laughs) speaking of presidents, um, (laughs) Dick Cheney, the VP, was like when 9-11 happened, I was I guess I was I was born in 88 and 2001. So what's that? I was 12, 13 years old. I had, uh, September, October, I was just about to turn 13. So I'm my kid's age, my student's age and I'm in gym class and all this stuff is happening, right? Like we're like, Oh, what's going on? They like put us in like a rooms and the teachers were all like watching the news, but they didn't really, I remember I was in gym class. The teachers were watching the news in their uh, office. Like you have like the main gymnasium that you have the locker rooms and then you have the offices, which are like a separate room. And they were just watching the news and we were just in the gym, like kicking it, you know, like seventh graders that we were just kicking it, bro. Maybe I was in sixth grade because I started dating Katie in 2003, I think. So I don't know. I was in middle school. Either way, we were loose and we were like, yeah, getting after it. No teachers. And then I ended up like looking for a teacher and walking into their office and seeing the news, which was just people like, (laughs) it was like. People just not having a, like, it was terrible. Like, one of the worst days in American history, at least modern American history. And um, back to the point, the reason I brought this up, Dick Cheney was, like, in a bunker. In, they, like, evacuated him from wherever it is he was. It got into him into a bunker. And George Bush was, like, reading nursery rhymes to first graders. <laughs> you ever seen that video? You ever seen that video of George Bush, like, being told that the uh, towers were hit and... He's just like, okay, cool. 
And then he keeps like reading the books with the kids. And then they're like, Mr. President, the second tower was hit. He's like, ah, we, we, probably, we should probably get out of here. It's crazy. Presidents are so crazy. He started this war that Biden's getting us out of. I don't know. It's all so complicated. What am I supposed to do about it? What am I supposed to do about it? I don't know. Talk about it, I guess? I don't know. It's just crazy. These people are just absolute bananas. Who would want to be the president? Sounds like a terrible job. I think that Trump, when he got into office, he was like, I didn't think it would be like this. <laughs> he just like, there are different points where he like seems super tired and just like shooting off the hip. That time he told everybody like, Hey, maybe we can put some bleach in everybody's bodies during the beginning of like all this chaos. It's like, maybe we put bleach in them. And he's like, <laughs> he just said, I don't know. I'm tired. Like, <laughs> Maybe maybe we put bleach or some light inside the body. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, guys. I'm really tired. I haven't slept more than four hours in the last six months. This is crazy. It sounds like a super hard job. I think my job's hard sometimes, which it is. And then you look at the president. And you're like, he has to make all the decisions. He's not making any decisions. Does anybody have faith that the president... like? How would a guy like Biden get in that position if he was making the decision? It just seems crazy. I'm not going to get political. Did I? Is that even political? I don't even know what the hell political means anymore. That sounded like it was, though. I remember. So I'm doing nonfiction narrative with my kids uh, coming up. Not this week. Maybe, probably next week. It depends. And so I'm reading a bunch of nonfiction narratives. And one of the ones I just read was, um, first of all, consider the lobster by David Foster Wallace. I read that in a collection of shorts, um, a while back, uh, maybe college time. And it was like, I was a big fan of his. And, um, I read that short. It was the first nonfiction piece that I had ever read from him. He wrote this article for gourmet magazine or something like it where they sent him to the Maine Lobster Festival in the state of Maine. And he just like rips this whole festival apart. And then he has this really eloquent and researched and thoughtful position on should we be like, how do we understand if animals do or don't feel pain? And should we therefore kill them and eat their body parts? And it's, it's, it's irreverent, it's witty, it's funny. Uh, also pretty informative on crustaceans if you're interested in that, but it's still very interesting. So I'm reading Consider the Lobster. And then another thing I'm reading uh, is George Orwell's um, Politics in the English Language. And there's a bit of narrative woven throughout that, which is really kind of a cool style, but it's also very didactic in that he's persuading you to understand that speech inherently is political. But what does that even mean? What does political mean? And why is it that people are so uncomfortable to talk about it? I just don't understand. Like, what does it even mean to be political? And and if, why why is nobody, even if we have a definition for that, why is it that people want to not talk about that? I, I don't get it. I think it's because people identify with their thoughts too much and they think that they are the things they think. And that's a yogic perspective. Take that, put it in your back pocket. That's a little bit of yoga for you. You just learned today. People identify too much with what the things they think. They think that they are their thoughts. They think that if I'm thinking something, therefore I am the thing that's thinking. 
But if you go deeper into your meditation and yoga practice, you realize like the thoughts just happen. I'm not responsible for the thoughts that I have. It's just my the confluence of events that have led to me to this point that I'm in right now in my life. The factors that, that were out of my control led me to think the thoughts that I have. You can't help, you can't not think a thought. Your thoughts are like they just happen and we can't identify with them because it's just like it's it's the same as trying to identify with your breath. You're not your breath. You're not your heartbeats. Your lungs breathe air, your heart's beat beats and your brain thinks thoughts and like you can't stop that from happening. But I think that people identify with their thoughts too much and they think that if you have a different belief or thought than they do and you can maybe argue more clearly about your thought and somehow they're either stupid or invalid or whatever. Um, but George Orwell in this essay says the choice not to be political is in of itself a political act. Chew on that for a minute. The choice not to be political is in of itself a political act. Of course, him saying that is also a political act. And it's it's like a recursive loop of chaos of like, well, he said it. So he's saying being political. It's like, it's craziness. And then I saw a quote, I'm having my kids. So when I read a book, I don't have a book here with me. And most of you aren't even watching this. Most of you are listening to this. Um, when I read books, I dog ear the pages and I underline things. And then when I'm done with it, I learned this tip from Ryan holiday, who is a great writer and really interesting, uh, guy of my generation, uh, based in Texas. And, uh, he wrote the obstacles, the way a couple of the really good books, ego is the enemy, really good books. And I learned this tip from him, which is you read a book, but you're not going to keep everything in your brain. So dog ear the pages, underline the passages and write on index cards, the things that you are think are worthwhile to keep. And so I do that with the books that I read and I have like a massive thing of index cards that I've been collecting over the last, like, I don't know, eight years, five years, whatever the time period is. And today I gave my kids some of those cards because the ones that are relevant to education and the ideas that are relevant to the new paradigm of education that I'm predicting is like hopefully germinating into something that's actually fruitful for the next generation, the sort of divergent thinking and understanding that there's nuance to conversation and that communication and linguistic skills and clear arguments backed up by claims and reasoning. Like this is the foundation of and looking at things in a scientific perspective, all these different ideas is the foundation of how we will be able to approach the unpredictable future. And so I found some quotes that I think are relevant to that. And I have the kids of three or four of my kids in my like homeroom class, they are making some posters. And one of them was when the, I think it was, um, famous economist. He says, I think my wife just got home. He says, um, when the facts change, I change my mind. What do you do, sir? Which I think is great. Hey, babe. Hello? Doing a podcast. You want to come in here? I don't think she wants to be on the podcast. Why are you in sunglasses? I, she, the first thing she said, why are you in sunglasses? That's so silly. Like, is this a thing? But do you see the light? Yeah, but it makes you look so... So what? Interesting. She said I look very interesting. Is that coffee? It is coffee. Do you want some? Jealous. She's jealous of my coffee. Are we going to go on a walk? Yeah, 
already told him. I told him. The last podcast that I did, I had the I heard a sound in the other room and it sounded like someone opening the door or a window and I said, "How strange would it be if someone were to try and rob me while I'm doing a podcast and they were to walk into this scene of me sitting yeah, on the floor?" They would, they would definitely leave. They'd be like, I don't know. They'd be like, "This guy is crazy." And whatever it is that I planned on doing in this house, he's I can't be a part of it. I'll wrap it right now. All right, guys. See you on the next one. All right. If you made it all the way to the end of this podcast, subscribe to the Doggone Podcast. Maybe throw a comment in and then check out YouTube. Nobody's watching on YouTube. It's kind of cool. I'm wearing sunglasses. That's it. Or not. I don't care. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing it me and for you peace out guys